You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode of Bushers Breakaway is brought to you by you, the supporters, the people out there who listen to the show. Hooray! The Rangers are back in camp. Uh, Greg and I go through some ups and downs of like what it means to be back in camp. I'm positive. Greg, not so much. Who knows? Listen to the show. Good show today. Uh, we have our friend Jeff Bolitsky on talking about Lindy Ruff at the end. And again, if you're out there and you are a supporter of the show, if you're a Patreon subscriber, or if you've ever bought anything from Church of Chicago, which may be coming back very soon, thank you so much. We love you so much. Thanks. Uh, it's it's nice for me personally just to have Rangers hockey back for at least a day. It's good to be normal. So uh, let's get to the show, shall we? Uh, here's Mark Messier. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Welcome to the Week of the Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead. I'm here with my co-host, as per always, Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello. You ever get too much sleep? I feel like there's a careful line. It's been a while, as the famous band Stained would say. Yeah, I went to bed yesterday at 7.30. I think I got too much sleep. It's it's Is it that kind of sleep where you kind of have like a headache because you slept too much? No, just you sleep for so long that you're perpetually tired for god knows how long afterwards probably until i go to sleep again so you're just like there's no reason for me to be tired right now groggy greg who's totally fully rested yeah Hmm. just too much sleep well you know who else is fully rested the entire rangers team nice transition ryan um back on the ice today we saw a couple of uh for the first time uh, was it it was a little exciting for me greg i won't lie it was it felt it felt almost normal to see just people posting lines, right? Didn't that feel like, wasn't it refreshing if only for a moment before we get to the pure sadness of what I'm sure is coming? Not really. I don't know. I can't bring my, I, it's, you'll have to prove to me that this is actually going to happen for me to get excited. And I don't think there's any way to prove it because the numbers continue to suck every single day. But they are in Canada, which is good. That, that's fine. These guys aren't going to get to Canada. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. What, what was it? Nine penguins couldn't go to practice today? And then <laughs> Does seem like a lot. Yeah, that's fuck, man. It's 30 people reporting. It's a third of the people that could have potentially report to camp, and nine of them can't practice. So I don't know. I just I, I how many times do I have to say 
there's nothing we're going to be able to take away from these playoffs. So like Phil G. Giuseppe being on a line today with Hito and Kako. Yep. Like in theory, it's great, but we don't fucking know what it means because none of these guys have played for a couple months. We don't. And now they're just going to magically go into a playoff with three weeks of training under their belts. We don't. It's be terrible to watch. I, I don't know about that. I think I'm just going to disagree. I, I, I think it's mostly because I need some positivity in my life right now is my need for disagreement. I think you and I have been lockstep and key um, for this whole returning to play thing, especially when it comes to baseball uh, and the nightmare that is the return of the MLB. Uh, and we'll see how that goes because their opening day is pretty soon also. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong on that. Isn't that like this week or next week? I don't know. The 23rd. It's in 10 days. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. But just if just for today, if just for this Monday, July 13th, it was quite exciting for me as a Ranger fan, just as a Ranger fan, to see everyone sort of back on the ice, to see uh, Kako back on the ice, to have them discuss strictly just hockey. Like, you know, the, the things that David Quinn said today where it's like, you know, we're pretty much going with the same guys. Like, this isn't training camp was one of the things that Quinn came out and said. And uh, I think we kind of knew that beforehand, but it's just nice for him to have him reinforce that. Uh, Mika Zibanejad coming out and just pretty much saying like, Again, probably just a blatant vanilla quote, but, you know, we're trying to win this whole thing. Like, we didn't come back here. We didn't come back to play in the playoffs to just roll over. Um, do I think the Rangers have a shot to win the whole thing? No, not really. It's 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 a whole—I I think they're going to they're gonna have a really hard road, and if it does happen, it'll be um, sort of a miracle or, or an instance of health or other teams. Maybe they just stay, they stay and become the healthy team. I'm unsure. But if, as of today and just for today— I'm going to be optimistic, and I'm going to enjoy what, what I got to see today of people being back on the ice, Vince posting videos of people playing, reports from Larry Brooks, reports from Rick Carpinello here at The Athletic, and just a, a refreshing day of practice. Now, could this all change, Gregory, in two days when when or if uh, one of the Rangers test positive for COVID? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And I'm just hoping that doesn't happen. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not excited. I I'll go so far to say I couldn't care less, honestly. I don't care about the Mets opening day. Don't care about the Rangers trying to make this work. Don't care about the NBA. Just don't care. I, I don't know. There's no way to, like, normally enjoy what's going on. I don't I don't think these games are going to be visually pleasing to watch on TV with no fans in attendance. Well, the, I, I think the, some of the NBA players have come out and said that, right? They've said, um, you know, we're not in game shape. We're just not like we're practice shape. And some of us have stayed uh, in good shape during the quarantine, but none of us are what would be called theoretically in game shape at this point. And I think the quote was, and if you are in game shape, you've been doing something illegal the entire time or not doing the right thing during quarantine. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just, it was fun for about 30 minutes today and then it stopped being fun. I don't know if that's because I work in news and this shit just washes over you every hour you have to deal with a new update but right. i was just seems stupid i i honestly i i don't understand that i i will never understand the point of why we're trying to come back i get that it's a money thing but it the numbers blow they're going to continue to blow until people take it seriously so it's i'm not going to sit here and pretend that i'm excited that the rangers might line up and compete against the hurricanes i'm not going to pretend to really care about what six defenders the rangers are going to use against the Hurricanes. I'm not going to try and debate whether the Rangers' top pairing of Lindgren and Fox would be the third, fourth, or fifth best pairing that the Hurricanes can roll out there. Mostly because I, I'm not going to believe this is going to happen until someone drops the puck and a game is actually played. 
I don't know how these guys are going to get to the bubble. I, I, I have no faith in the teams from states where COVID is continuing to bust out, out of control, are going to be able to prevent this from spreading to one of their teams. It's not safe. It's not practical. And fairly, quite honestly, it's stupid. So I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be something I'm not. I'm not excited. I, I don't understand why people are. I am. I think it's just because it's a sense of returning to normalcy for at least a brief Yeah, but we're time. not returning to normalcy. There's nothing fucking normal. I didn't say so it So, like, what are we doing? Well, I think, well, obviously, we're trying to play hockey. Like, that's what it comes but down to. We're trying to play hockey. Give me one reason why we should be playing hockey right now. Other than money? I can't really do that. Other, other than money other than money and maybe national morale, um, I can't really national do National morale, 66,000 people tested positive for coronavirus. In Florida? On Sunday. Just Florida? No. <laughs> Florida. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, with just Florida. No, I understand. I, I see where you're coming from. Listen, I've been... I've been through it. I've been, I'm right there with you, but I'm just trying to find some positive slivers here. I I don't want to be all doom and gloom every single week here. I just can't. I, I just I can't because I won't survive. I just can't get through it. Last week we started the podcast and we just we just we like delved into like oh here's depression. Thanks for listening. Um, and today I'm just going to enjoy a little bit of of what could be a fun Rangers hockey experiment do i expect them to beat the carolina hurricanes i'm not sure i'm pretty sure they'll beat them um but we don't know who's coming like you said we don't know what kind of conditioning people are going to be on the ice and this is just like the camp is you're not going to be in game shape by the time it comes we are right now it's the 13th they're playing on august 1st so we're about uh 17 days away at this point from the first uh rangers hockey game or maybe more than that i'm, I'm ba- doing bad math i'm sorry uh math not my specialty it's 18 days 19 days 18 days but it's, I'm at least going to enjoy watching the games if they do happen. I do believe that, like you said, there's a chance they don't happen, especially with the way things are going. And I'm, I'm, I will be shocked if baseball makes it through the whole season. I do think the NHL has the best chance to go through the entire, the entirety of the playoffs without shutting down. Whereas I don't feel that way about the other two sports at all. I don't know. I just, I don't understand the purpose of me trying to break down any kind of line decisions David Quinn has to make just because I don't think any of them matter at this point in time. Not a single one of them. I don't think he's going to do anything out of the box. I think he's just going to run the 18 players he ran when the season ended. I don't think anyone's going to be playing on a line that they weren't playing on before the pause started. I don't think Henrik Lundqvist is going to play in goal. I, it's going to be what it was back in March. I just, I have no faith. The, the only reason why it won't is because someone tests positive. For the coronavirus, which again brings us back to the whole point of why the fuck are we doing this, which I can't answer. And it, it maybe it's just driving me to a point in isolation now where I'm just tired of everything and tired mm-hmm. of people not taking anything seriously and feeling like sports is just another excuse for people to be like, see, this isn't this serious because XYZ is happening in these sports leagues. But I, I, nine Pittsburgh Penguins didn't practice today. Nine. That's one team. Just because the Rangers are in a good spot because they're in New York, and by by force, these guys are going to have to follow stricter protocols than they would in Florida. But that's the whole point of this. You're going to get if four more Lightning pop two days before they're supposed to travel to Canada. Well, what do the Lightning do then? Why is that a conversation we even need to have? If we took this shit seriously a couple months ago, this would be a different conversation. Nobody wanted it. Well, not not nobody, but a large majority of this country didn't want to take it seriously then. And now we're getting this half cocked stupid 
try to restart playing. One NBA player tested positive in March and all of the sports shut down. And now we're like, well, it's just four New Jer- Brooklyn Nets that can't travel <laughs> the most important to ones. Orlando. Yeah. What's what's the big deal? So I don't know. I just you could be excited. It just it seems like a fool's errand. I don't think these games are going to play without a hitch. I don't know what's going to happen if one of these players tests positive. If one of the players tests positive, doesn't everybody have to go into quarantine because they were exposed to it? So what happens if on July 31st, a Ranger tests positive that goes unnamed? We're supposed to be like, well, I'm sure he didn't come into contact with any other Ranger, despite the fact that they're staying in the same hotel, traveling on the same plane, traveling on in the, the same, same bus. In the same on, locker room, yes. Sitting on the same bench, getting ready in the same locker room. Well, I'm just supposed to pretend and think that, oh, well, that means everybody will be fine. No, it's the mental gymnastics that people have to get themselves through to think that this is a good idea. It's just something I can't relate to anymore. I, the, the facts and reality of this coronavirus have worn me down to the point where I'm not going to sit here and pretend to lie and lie to people about how excited or not excited I'm going to be about something. I'm not excited. This seems dumb. I, I wouldn't want to do it if I was a professional athlete. I don't understand why a professional athlete would want to do it. The quote from Jordan Stahl today was the most depressing thing I think I've seen in about, I don't know, four months, saying he's going to miss his kid's first step, might miss his kid's first words, but this opportunity doesn't come around all that often. Motherfucker, it comes around once a year. Like, I, I sit out this year. If there's hockey next year, guess what they will be? There'll be playoffs, and that opportunity will come around again for you. The fact that you're choosing hockey over family blows my mind. Don't understand it. I'm yeah, sorry was, if people was don't want to hear this. I'm sorry if people tuned in thinking they were going to get happy Greg talking about the possibility of Capacaco and Filipino getting a couple months off to all of a sudden play hockey. It's just a stupid conversation to have. I don't understand why people are even trying to have the conversation. I can't wrap my mind around it. Well, I mean, I'm trying to enjoy it for what it is. And that's what it is, is uh, everyone coming back to try and make the playoffs happen. And that's all I can do. Like, I cover the team. I like covering the team. It was a sense of normalcy to like, oh my God, I can have fun talking about hockey again. Like, this is great. And as as much as the reality is, it's not like I don't know that the reality is there. Like, I've lived it a little bit. It's been miserable. It sucks. Um, and I don't wish it on anybody. Um, even There's even more private stuff there that I don't even want to get into. But I'm going to enjoy it for what it is for today. And I'll probably enjoy it tomorrow. And then I'm sure once someone tests positive, I'll enjoy it a lot less. But to be able to talk about, like, oh, who's the goalie? Oh, is David Quick going to change? If David Quick going to change anything, it was refreshing, if even for a moment. And I understand where you're coming from. Don't think I'm, like, surprised by this. I'm not. Um, I'm, I'm usually where you're at at this point, where it's like, why, why are we doing this again? For what? To do what? And everyone's going back to work, and uh, that's always the... Oh, uh, I always people yelling online that, oh, wow, these people are opting out. How could they do that? Like, well, they have they they have the opportunity to do that. You know, they do. And I'm sure like a lot of people don't have the opportunity to um, just opt out of going to work like I haven't. But I work from home and I'm sure a lot of people out there don't work from home and actually still have to. They can't just opt out because that's called unemployment. It's just it's a shitty situation for everybody, the entire country. Uh, and most of North America and South America at this point. And I, I'm just going to take some, some, I don't know, some joy and try and find some good in this situation until it's just not there. Because if I came on here today and was like, 
I wasn't excited about anything. It wasn't exciting seeing Kapokako on the ice. It wasn't excited seeing Igor make a make some saves. It wasn't exciting when Vince tweeted, the guys are getting riled up that Igor's making saves. Like, that was exciting to me. It was. And just like you, um, I'm not going to lie in that situation. It's just we feel differently today. And by tomorrow and by the time we record Vancouver games one and two later this week, nice plug, Ryan, on uh, the Eastern Conference Finals, I'll probably feel just like you are, how you do. But for right now, it was exciting just to see the guys back on the ice. And the only thing I ask for if they, if they do play is that all the games aren't afternoon games. And it does seem like that's going to be the case. Because uh, even though we don't have schedules, it does seem like Carolina Hurricanes and, and Rangers are always going to be the 1 o'clock spot or maybe whatever the that, that afternoon spot moving forward. Because it would be nice to watch at least one night game uh, or at least during the week when I don't have to pay attention to a Ranger game during work. But that's, again, the least of the, of the world's problems right now. Period. So I just think we differ in this, and I understand where you're coming from, Greg. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, do we want to cover anything else uh, for what happens with the Rangers, or do we just want to go to five? I mean, you can try. I'll, I'll tell you how I feel. All right. That's about it. Um, the funny thing is, we recorded this podcast at noon. I probably wouldn't be this miserable. Mm -hmm. It's just that we record at 7 o'clock at night. Yep. I just spent nine hours at work yep. writing – 17 different stories about how shitty the world is. Yep. How we're getting to a point now where parents are going to decide if their kids go back to school or if they keep their kids safe. Like, it's not a fun time. It's never a fun time to be working in news. But it's specifically grim these days. So if you if you caught me right as these tweets and camp was reopening, I probably would have gone on a spiel about how I felt about camp in a positive light. But as the fact that I'm worn out from the world by the time we sit down and record this podcast mm -hmm. and it's just, it's, it's enough. So I, it's, I don't know. I will forever think that, look, people can be excited about whatever they want. It ain't my business. It, it, you guys, I'm not here to tell you how to feel, what to believe, who to think, who to like, who to dislike. It's all great and good. You know, it's, it's fine. I'm, I'm not judging you. If anyone's excited, I'm not, I'm not ridiculing you. If you want to believe that hockey's going to happen, I'm not scolding you for thinking the New York Rangers could go on a cup run. Just from where I sit, from when someone asks me how I feel, feels dumb. That's that it. That me personally, for this one person, this feels dumb, unnecessary, and just a bad idea from start to finish. But I could clearly be in the minority. Would it be the first time in the world if I was in the minority? I, I just don't, I do not see the benefit for the team I root for, for the play. I don't understand why a single soon to be unrestricted free agent is even taking the risk in doing this. If I'm Taylor Hall, the only thing that could happen is something bad. Like if, if you're Taylor Hall, what are you doing? You're, you've already lost probably millions of dollars because the cap is staying flat. So someone isn't going to offer you the big money that you would always want. You are rushing back to play in a play in series for a team that you might not even be playing for in a matter of five, seven days. You could get hurt leading up to these games. You could get hurt in the games and cost yourself even more money. That, honestly, Travis Hamannick seems to be the guy that's acting the most normal to me. Soon to be free agent playing for a team that's on that has a lot of things stacked against it in order to be in the true cup conversation in Calgary. Mm -hmm. Get the bag, man. What are you doing? Save yourself. Don't get, don't get sick because you don't know what this thing will do to you in the long run. None of us do. Don't risk injury because that'll – prohibit your ability to make more money. I don't know why any unrestricted free agent, like if I'm Jesper Fast 
and the New York Rangers haven't offered me an extension at this point. I'm only, I'm my, I'm the only person looking out for me. If I'm yes or Fox, what am I doing? You're not going to be able to do anything in these playoffs that are going to significantly change someone's opinion about you one way or the other, as long as you're healthy. The only thing that could happen is you become unhealthy. I, if I'm Jesper Foss, soon to be unrestricted free agent, I get he loves his team. I get he loves the game, all that good stuff. But shit, I love security more than anything else. I wouldn't, I wouldn't risk playing or putting myself through this system for, for what? I get my name on a cup when everyone, if it's not my team, not going to take it seriously. I don't know. Doesn't seem smart. But again, I'm not Jesper Foss. I'm not. He, that man makes his own decisions. God bless him. He's he's made a lot of money in his career, and hopefully he'll make a lot more, hopefully for the New York Rangers. But Lord knows why, if, if you're an unrestricted free agent, you are putting yourself through this right now. I don't really – yeah, I can't answer that question. That's all up to the individual athletes, right? That's that's all what it is. Everyone uh, – some of the quotes from today, I mean, Henrik Lundqvist came out and said, you know, it kind of gives you a sense of normal to be back, um, despite how where the world is. That's that's not what he said. He just said the normal part. Um, but everything has is, is all been all upside for us. We feel like we come back here, we, that we can create a, uh, a, an atmosphere at this facility and a goal to work, for, work together, and it's a good feeling. You know, apparently there was a really good vibe around – uh, the entire practice and everyone was kind of like laughing, lighthearted and felt good to be back. We'll see how long that lasts. You know, this could just be first day at school. Everything seems fun until uh, things aren't fun anymore. And that's exactly what you've kind of been describing. Um, at this point, I guess that's, that's really it for the news. Uh, we could go to five star questions and go to our friend, Jeff. What do you think about that? Sure. Okay. Uh, this is from, uh, is this from last week? I, I don't think so. Uh, Excellent. Well, I'll say I'll say one more thing because sure, I think it was, it became a, a topic of conversation because people started floating out Johnny Goudreau's name in trades. Oh, hey, the Goudreau. Yeah, I forgot about they, that. They started floating out Brock Besser's name in trades too. I'm, I'm going to say it here because I said it a lot on Twitter, and mm-hmm. I'm sure more people see it on Twitter than they do listen to it here. But I guess it's worth repeating. Uh, Brock Besser's not that good. I, I don't understand why people would want to. You, you'd be you're shopping in the same aisle if you're shopping for Johnny Goudreau and Brock Besser, right? Uh, the argument for Besser is he plays more of a position of need, obviously, at center. He's 23 years old, and he's got two years on his contract before you have restricted free agency rights. Even though those restricted free agency rights, the qualifying offer for what I've seen is north of $7 million. So he's gonna his, his game is going to have to take a leap that we have not seen it take a leap at this point in time. Um and I get people not wanting, you know, Goudreau's making north of $6.5 million a year. It's not exactly like the New York Rangers are hurting for left-wingers, right? They're paying Chris Kreider. They're paying some guy named Artemi Panarin. They could do an all right there. Kravtsov's coming up the wings in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So maybe Johnny Goudreau is seen as a bit of more of a luxury than a need. Uh, my only response to that is never too much of a good thing in terms of Johnny Goudreau. I think if you can get him for Tony D'Angelo, a first-round pick, and a couple prospects, so one of which will probably be Kravtsov, I think you do it. Johnny Goudreau's don't grow on trees. I've never heard of an NHL team that is upset by the fact that they have so many good players that a player like Johnny, Johnny Goudreau plays on their third line. Don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Uh, I just The Besser stuff confuses me because I just don't think he's good. I, don't, I, the, I think the hype comes partially from the fact that he had a really good rookie year. He's plateaued since then. 
he plays in Canada. So the Canadian pundits talk about him a little bit more than they do, say, Ryan Strom. But I don't think there's a lot of differences in the games of Brock Besser and Ryan Strom. The fact that Besser's three years younger, probably the only one. That's a big one. I, I just... I think the New York Rangers need to improve from Ryan Strom. And if I hold that opinion, then I don't think not only is Brock Besser not an improvement, but the amount of capital you'd have to give up to get him just doesn't make any kind of sense to me. So I, would I want the Rangers trading significant prospects for either Besser or Goudreau? Depends on the situation. I know the answer is a hard no on Besser. I'm with I, you. You can talk me into Johnny Goudreau. I just don't think, I honestly don't think Brock Besser is good. He comes off to me, I make everything about baseball and he's like a guy who hits 30 home runs and we all of a sudden think that this is such a hard thing to do when in this day and age is it like people keep talking uh smart people smart people not to sound like the president of the united states but smart people i trust smart people i respect tell me that brock besser has a above average shot that i shouldn't take for granted and if there's one thing you should always bet on it's a player's ability to score that's fine and good, but I mean the numbers are plain as day. He's been on a line with JT Miller and Elias Pedersen this year. And while Pedersen and Miller are 100% setting the pace, controlling the tempo on that line, the Canucks have been a little bit better, if not equal, when Besser's not on the ice. Like, best case scenario is saying, with Besser out there, the Canucks are just as good. That's a fucking red flag to me. I, I, don't, get, I don't understand why people would want to trade the high price it would take to get Brock Besser. I'm just not there. I don't think I'm ever going to be there. I'm not there but, either. Johnny Gaudreau is a different story because like but you I, said, I, like I get, I get, I, I 110% understand the arguments about not trading for Gaudreau. Only two years left on his deal. He's making $6.75 million a year in a situation where the Rangers are already stacked up against the cap. And there's, when he comes up for the extension, he's going to be an age where we literally just had these conversations with Chris Kreider. Do we want to do it again with Johnny Goudreau? Uh, it's it, like, I, I don't blame anyone. There are very, very sound reasons for not trading for Johnny Hockey. I just, I can't think of a single good reason to trade for Besser. Not, not a one. The youth is, even the youth is, is questionable, right? Like that would be yeah, my, I, my driver, but mm, we I don't, just, we talked about at the beginning I, of the show. We don't know if these playoffs are going to happen. We really know what's going to happen next season. We don't. So well, uh, that, but that, that stuff, like if you're trying to build, you have to assume next season is going to happen, right? Until it doesn't happen. And I'm not saying it's responsible or wise to assume that 82 hockey games are going to be played by the New York Rangers next year, especially if they're trying to start the season back up in January. It's just, it's a bit of a fool's errand to assume that hundred percent of the regular season games will be played next year. But I don't, I will at least assume that it will, because I don't know any other way to function uh, I, when it comes to the next New York Rangers team full season, I'd honestly rather go one year to arbitration with Ryan Strom than trade anything for Brock Besser. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, especially cause Ryan Strom already has the chemistry built into the team, right? I, it depends on what he'll take money wise. Uh, cause you saw, we've, we've had evolving wild on this show and, uh, they've said Ryan Strom is in due for, uh, quite the payday. So we'll see if he can take a bridge deal. And I'd rather have Ryan Strom in that case. But uh, Johnny Hockey, like, that's a guy I'll take at any cost. Not any cost, but pretty high cost. I know there was a lot of people on Twitter saying, hey, we don't need another left winger. That's dumb. We have too many of those. Like, 
that's not a problem. Like, if you're playing Johnny Hockey, like, on your second and third or third line, like, that's good. Like, you're, you have depth. Like, now you have three different lines that have, like, incredible scoring. And isn't that, like, a good problem to have, the spread it out theory? Um, like, yes, I would rather trade for Jack Eichel. Duh. Duh. But uh, with Johnny Grudeau, uh, Johnny Hockey Grudeau, I can't. Why can't I pronounce things? I, you know, I got flamed this week uh, for pronunciation, and I deserve it. Um, but if it was Johnny Hockey, I, w- I would be very happy with that if the price was correct. There's no, there's no problem. Like you said, there's, it's having too much talent isn't an issue, unless you're the Leafs. Then you can't figure it out. Yeah, it, yeah but even then, the Leafs can figure it out. It's part of the reason why they continue to play good hockey. They're not going to be able to figure it out money-wise for the long term. But with Goudreau, you can make the money work. I, it's not what people want to hear, but if you could organize a trade where Georgiev and D'Angelo are going one way, that's basically a wash salary-wise, salary wise, whatever you were going to pay those two. Uh, it doesn't solve, of course, it doesn't solve the Rangers' issues at left defenseman. It doesn't solve the Rangers' issues down the middle. They'll, they'd still need to find a third-line center somewhere, especially since I would think in this scenario they're moving on from Ryan Strom as well it's it's not a cure-all but no hockey team should be resistant to adding really good players regardless of what position they play you can always figure it out and the great thing about having someone like johnny goudreau is if you can't figure it out someone will pay you a lot for them to then figure it out yeah you probably get almost the same price back or more yeah and maybe maybe so maybe the maybe johnny goudreau this is the thing that I just, it's like asset management is not the 110% thought all the time in hockey circles. You can acquire a guy and then trade You, If you have the pieces to acquire the guy that say, I know we use the Jack Eichel scenario all the time, right? We do. Yes. Say the it's Rangers fun. don't have the pieces on their own to acquire Jack Eichel, but they do have the pieces on their own to acquire Johnny Goudreau. And now say you get Johnny Goudreau and go back to the Sabres and say, hey, we have this new piece that you weren't considering before because we didn't have it before. What do we have to add to Johnny Goudreau to now go get our guy? And now you get Jack Eichel without having to trade the pieces you were uncomfortable trading in the first place. Like saying that if if the price is low on Johnny Goudreau, just go shopping where you can get the capital. It's basically what the Canes did with Dougie Hamilton. The Canes didn't need someone like Dougie Hamilton on their roster, but they understood that an embarrassment of wealth is a good thing to have. It lets you do other things. So I, it's, it's a, it's a simple, it's simple to me. If, if the Rangers can go get Goudreau for a reasonable price, one, I think he'd be great on the New York Rangers, but two, it allows you to do other things you weren't thinking about doing before. So it's, I don't know. It's a no lose proposition for, again, with me and Besser. Sure. I guess you can make the same argument, right? If the Sabres for some reason, value Besser and we've seen how the Sabres evaluate certain players before maybe they do like if Brock Besser gets you one step closer to Jack Eichel fine I'll 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 eat that crow I don't care but I like if we're looking at which one of these two players better helps the New York Rangers win in 2020 2021 I don't think Besser helps you win full stop so you could tell where Johnny Hockey definitely does definitely yeah I just I, I don't think Brock Besser is any kind of answer for the New York Rangers. And I will be against the Brock Besser trade every step of the way. I'm not going to waver. We'll, we'll have to see if that does happen, and I wonder if that's something they're going to explore. I, I would guess not, in my opinion, but we'll see. I think the, fun, the funny thing is, you know, it would be really smart, 
and uncharacteristically smart of the Canucks to shop Brock, Bess- Brock Besser because the perceived value of Brock Besser is at an all-time high. Well, yeah, according to and, all Twitter today, people were like, oh, my God, this guy's great. What are you talking about? Um, it's not all Twitter, though. It's a good amount. It's, it, it's parts of Twitter. But I, I think – Smart people – smart NHL hockey Twitter value, like, is a fan of his, period. Um, yeah, I just – You're right. I th- I, if I were the Canucks mm-hmm. and I had a guy like Brock Besser and I've seen what Brock Besser can do and I think that the NHL has – a very clear perception of what Brock Besser can do. I, I mean, they could probably get multiple first round picks for Besser plus good prospects. I don't think Brock Besser is worth that, but if you're the Canucks, you got to go get it. Why not? So I, if, yeah. If I'm, if I'm the Canucks, I think I'd 110% shop Brock Besser. I don't think it has anything to do with whether I like or dislike Tyler Toffoli, which is what the report was coming out of Vancouver. I would just shop Brock Besser because I think, I think one way of him and I think the NHL thinks a different way of him. And I would cash in on that misperception that's just good asset management like with the the rangers by the way did a terrible job with that with jt miller when they just threw him into a trade and at the time they yeah i still i still don't it's it's not like the lightning were over enthused with what jt miller was doing either they were not they traded him (laughs) yeah i mean they got a they got a good deal for him they got a first round pick but it's i don't know i i can't be angry about i think the rangers sure they could have gotten more for JT Miller in hindsight, but I think the Rangers were happy to just have one less headache. And I think the Rangers were very happy with the deal that they got from the lightning. I don't think Jeff Gordon would go back and do anything differently. I, the JT Miller finding success, two teams removed at that point. I don't know if it, I know there are Ranger fans out there that are angry about it. I don't know. I don't, I, I'm not one of them. I don't I'm understand just talking that about asset management. Yeah. I'm not upset yeah. that JT Miller is not a Ranger anymore. I don't think about it really almost ever. Yeah. That to me, that comes off of like uh, the Mets traded Carlos Gomez for Johan Santana instead of trading Fernando Martinez. Fernando Martinez busts out. The twins gave up on Carlos Gomez before he became an all-star in Milwaukee. And there were Mets fans crying like, Oh, we could have had Carlos Gomez. Blah, blah. It's like, yeah, but it's not like the Mets were the only team that gave up. The Mets didn't even give up on them. The Mets traded him for an incredibly valuable asset, which is what the Rangers thought they were doing with JT Miller. And now it turns out, outside of Niels Lundqvist, that trade is essentially cratered on the Rangers. It has. But the Rangers are convinced. They got a, They had a good package coming back. And they were convinced at the time that the only way they would be able to get the package they wanted in return was including JT Miller. So I can't be angry at the Rangers for that. The, it's... It's not like JT Miller went to the Lightning and became an 80-point player. No, I know. He had an opportunity playing with Stamkos and Kucherov. They took him off that line, and then they traded him in the following offseason. He blossomed with Elias Patterson. Good good for him. But I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't look at the JT Miller situation and think like, oh, what a missed opportunity. I think that sometimes a trade goes in your favor, and sometimes it doesn't. I, I can't play hindsight's 2020 on every trade the New York Rangers make. I'm with you. I wish it was Sergachev, like we initially thought. Um, let's get to five-star questions and then get to our friend Jeff, shall we? All right. Uh, this is from Kako praise B 24. Excellent job on the podcast as always. I saw an interesting scenario on Twitter. Credit to hockey stat miner. Our guy, by the way, if you're not following hockey stat miner, one of my favorite followers on Twitter. And what is your opinion on it? NYR don't lend the lottery. They don't, uh, NYR trade on their first round picks. Uh, trade one of their first round picks, D'Angelo Georgiev to the senators for three or pick number five. Do you see this as something that will happen? Or will the flat cap coming next year? Do you see any other trades the Rangers can make with their first two round, uh, 
two first round picks at the draft. Keep up the great work as always. Praise be to Kako, Chris from Florida. I think there's no matter what Ottawa is keeping those picks. Uh, I don't see a way yeah. they, like, even though I, you could probably make a good case that pick number five is worth D'Angelo and Georgiev. Uh, and maybe one of their first round picks. That's actually what we were just talking about with asset management. That's probably good asset management by the, by the Ottawa Senators. Like you get a starting goalie, you get an elite transition defenseman in Tony D'Angelo, and you get another pick you can make later. But I still don't think they're doing it. I think they want to keep what they have. Well, a couple things working against the Rangers. N- number one is the regularity a top five pick is traded in the NHL. Slim. Yeah. It's 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 bad. I had. Uh, the only times I can think of it happening is like you go back to the trade, like the Eric Lindros trade when someone makes it perfectly clear that they don't want to go to the team that has the number one pick. And all of a sudden you're in a position where, well, you got to do something about it. But even then, I mean, it's just shit. Look at how much it took to get Eric Lindros uh, away from Quebec. And it's just insanity. Um, so top five picks don't get traded. And then two, like in principle, the, Assets you mentioned make sense. You already have D'Angelo and a first-round pick. But I don't know how that helps the Ottawa Senators. They're not a starting goaltender, a decent top-four defenseman with offensive upside, and a a pick in the early to mid-teens away from being any kind of competitive. Like, the the prospect and hope that comes with a top-five pick, two of them in their case, is worth more to them than known assets that aren't going to help them in the immediate they're they're not trying the senators are still far enough away where i don't think they're necessarily trying to make the playoffs next year maybe in two years but i don't see how georgiev and d'angelo even though they're on the younger side they're kind of like how kevin hayes didn't fit the rangers timeline anymore i don't see how georgiev and d'angelo fit the senators timeline if i'm if i'm the senators i'd rather have the two top five picks yeah and that's that's your new core you can use it as media and advertising like we got the young guns here and the only the only thing i would trade a top if i were the senators the only thing i would trade a top five pick for uh the rangers don't make sense to this but if you had another team that wanted to get into the top five i would want their first round pick this year their first round pick next year and their two top prospects and they better be top prospects. I love, I'm not even picking up the phone. If it's a team, like, I don't even know an example here. The penguins are low on prospects right now. Mm -hmm. If the penguins call me and they want my top five, I'm only trading it to a team that I think is also going to stink next year. So like if I'm, if I'm the senators and I want to trade with say, the Panthers might not be the world's best example. Uh, the Devils might not be the world's best example, but I think they're closer. Like if the Devils called me up and they wanted pick five, yeah, and they would give me what do they have? Pick eight. Yep. And then if they, they if 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 they wanted to trade up to five with eight and un, they're unprotected first in twenty twenty, which has the potential to once again be a top ten pick, plus uh, someone that's not used. Yeah, one of their better prospects. Yeah, that's a trade I'd consider. If if I think I'm using this fifth overall pick, not just to stay in the top 10, but also get another top 10 pick next year, then I think you're on the right track. But 
for the Senators, I just don't see how Georgiev and D'Angelo make any sense for the Senators whatsoever. This, did this get written in like an article? Because the next question is from Clyde Frog 1980. Assuming they don't win the lottery in first overall, and assuming they're un- unable and slash unwilling to play Tony, Tony D'Angelo, could they package Tony D'Angelo and Georgiev and the higher of their two first round picks for the Ranger for possibly Ottawa's third or fifth pick? Like, is this a popular I theory? I, I mean, it's a popular theory because how if, if this was the NBA, right? It's exactly what would happen. Like mm-hmm. if, if a team just outside the lottery wanted to get into the lottery and they had two young players that were in need of new contracts and the team they were trying to trade with had an additional lottery pick where, oh, by the way, it's a top three pick. Like if any team were going to trade a top five pick, it should be the Ottawa Senators, right? They have two of them. Mm-hmm. So they're going to get a player they love at three and they can either get a second player they love at five or they can use that pick to reinvest in their immediate roster i just don't think the senators are anywhere near close to being good enough for them to consider that trade i think the prospect they'd get at five especially in this year's draft class is going to be better than just about any prospect any team could offer them i you, you have to go what uh our our coworker hashtag coworker scott wheeler released his top 50 prospects right yep um On the i athletic, guarantee by the way. you at, of the athletic i guarantee you whoever the ottawa senators can get at five in this year's draft will probably rank higher than Niels Lundqvist, who he had at 16 in his top 50. So, like, you could make quantity over quality as an argument here, but if the Senators' goal right now is to continue to get as many great young players as possible, they have to try and maximize the possible outcome for that young player. And I think, as much as I love Lundqvist, I'd say whoever the Senators take at five has a better shot at succeeding in the nhl and a higher ceiling than niels lundquist i don't think that's, that's even how a question, good this year's dude yeah if that's how good this year's draft class is and that's how just incredibly rare it is to have a top five draft pick this isn't an insult to niels lundquist we can go and ask our friend drew way and i'm sure he'd say so if we asked him where niels lundquist would get drafted in this year's draft i'd honestly be surprised if he said somewhere in the top 10 like everything we know about niels lundquist right now stacked up against this draft class and just, I, I, it's hard to think of a better Ranger prospect right now with a better pedigree than Niels Lundqvist. No, and Miller had a really tough not, year, for sure. Yeah, and it's not it's not a knock. It's just like, Kabokako, with as high as his stock was going in last year's draft, Drew's pretty sure he'd be a top five pick in this year's draft, but he's not confident. No, yeah, so like, with, without seeing this year, by the way. Seeing this year, I, I think that he would tell you that Kako would fall out of the top ten, for sure. Uh, I don't think so, because it's still... I, that's the thing about Kabakako that I think often gets overlooked. He was a child playing a man's game <laughs> against the best players in the world. Yeah, that's true. Like, yeah, it. Kako was one of the worst statistical players in the NHL. But honestly, he was 18 years old. Also, eye test coming, looked coming quite good at times. Looked quite good. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think Kako, Kako for sure would be a top 10 pick, even with this year in hindsight. But I just... I understand the theories of trying to get one of the Senators' top five picks. If I'm Ottawa, I'm not trading it unless I'm getting a slam dunk prospect in return. But there are so few slam dunk prospects that I think are just far and away better than the prospects that are going to go in the top five this year in this year's draft class that it has to be a hell of a package. And again, Georgiev and D'Angelo just don't fit. It has to be something that the Ottawa Senators would be insane to say no to. Like, like, oh, wow, we can't say no to this. This is ridiculous. And Georgiev, even if you offered two, your two first-round picks, Georgiev, 
uh, in like next year's first and and D'Angelo, they might still say no, <laughs> which is was... crazy because that's overpayment. All right, hold on. Let me let me try and baseballify this for us. Wow, again, we're baseballifying. That's um, what I do. That's I'm gonna give. I'm gonna read an update while you do that. That sounds good. Sure. Uh, this is from Mike in New Haven. No question this time, but an update. First of all, thank you, Greg, for the kind words. I really do appreciate them. Secondly, yes, I have graduated to college as of June 25th this year. Congratulations, Mike from New Haven. How about all right? How about how about this one, Ryan? Not to cut you off. The Senators would have to get something back in the neighborhood of Gavin Lux and Dustin May, Oof. right, from one team to trade a top five pick. Yeah, mm, I think that's not enough. I don't. The comparison. Uh, comparison. I mean, with Lux is a top five prospect in baseball. Yeah, we're all, but he's not that sure of Wander or Dominguez or the potential. But I, was, I tried to find a team that had like two slam dunk prospects. Got it. That makes sense. That okay. were both that were both ready for major league action. Yep. Like yeah, the I, Dodgers. Right, like Dustin May and Gavin Lux are probably what top fifteen prospects each. Yeah, d- d- Gavin's top five for sure, and May's top ten. I think top Gavin's 15. top three. Depends on where you look, but yeah, I'm a big Gavin guy, as you know. So, um, but yeah, that I I don't think an NHL team has those kind of prospects. So if I'm the Senators, what's the point? With you, uh, and Mike said uh, the circumstances are trying. You know, COVID is what he's talking about. Uh, and I'm uh, trying to cr- currently trying to craft a resume and put myself out there. Hope it goes well for me. Listen, Mike, send your resume to my uh, inbox on Twitter, and I will take a look at it for you. I, and now I'm about to lose my job, so maybe we can look together. Uh, and last question is from our our good friend Corbo Bo 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 Anthony Corbo. Uh, hi guys, first time, long time. Gonna force a question out here, but really just wanted to say I love you and hear my name while listening to the show. Forced question. What's the best guess as to when the next time the Knicks and Rangers will be in the final an- or the finals at the same time? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> this is unfair because the, the Knicks part of this is it's way harder like, than the Ranger oh, one. Well, I, I think the, we have to like backtrack this, right? Did Mike really not have a question for us? That's incredible. I know he just wanted to say hi. Thanks, Mike. Oh, hi, Mike. Um, hope hope he's that guy, that guy's still hustling. All right, so let let's backtrack here. Mm-hmm. When's the next time we think the New York Knicks? are going to field something that looks like a championship caliber roster at least five years. Right. I think 2027 is where I'm aiming. I is think... there oh, a more depressing question? Okay. Is there a player on the Knicks roster right now? No. You think will continue to be on the Knicks roster the next time they're a championship contender? No. The only, I, I see two maybes. I'm on zero. I'm like, sorry. RJ Barrett, maybe Mitchell Robinson, Maybe outside of them, I don't think the New York Rangers roster a player Knicks. right now that I think can help them on that can help their championship hopes. I, I I'm um I'm not really an RJ Barrett believer, and maybe it's the same thing with Capocacco where he kind of had like that that first sort of rookie wall year. Um, it's a, I think it's a little different in basketball if I'm being honest. That usually when you're good, you just come right out and you can kind of tell like oh this person has potential. Uh, I don't I, know. He played for the Knicks. I think that's unfair. It, like, it is unfair. You're right. Like, would it John is. Morant have been John Morant if he was a Nick instead of a Memphis Grizzlies? Maybe not, but John Morant's sick. He's so good. Oh. No. Really, really feel bad for the Knicks. Twice they've missed out on gen- potentially generational point guards by one pick. Yeah. So it's it's a really tough pill to swallow. Man, I um, love John Morant, too. He's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I just – but the, the thing working in the Knicks' favor here, right, is – all it takes is one free agent to really change the narrative. Like say, I, I know he's, I think he's with clutch now, but say worldwide West and Leon Rose do some weird 
CAA magic that gets Anthony Davis to leave the Lakers for the Knicks. I, this isn't me saying it's going to happen. No, because I, I don't think it's happening, but yes, go on. I don't think it happens either. But unlike in hockey, all it takes is – like if, if Anthony Davis joined this Knicks roster, it's the playoff team. Uh, and if you're in the playoffs, you at least have a shot. Uh, I just – so it's it, it's tough. It really is tough because there is no hope on the New York Knicks right now. But again, all it takes is – that big fish, and all of a sudden you have hope. So I, it's I will say I'll be stunned. I'll I'll say this. I'll be stunned if it happens this decade. I will say it is 2027, and Zion Williamson is on the Knicks. There you go. I'll, I I will I will everything we know about the Knicks. The funny thing is that it really could have happened in 2012-2013. Hank, like if it doesn't happen with Hank at his at his powers. And Carmelo Anthony at his powers, when's it going to happen? Well, uh, by all accounts, like LeBron James's number one place was to go to the Knicks, and they mess it up every single way possible. So, But even, again, like the New York Knicks could have been a fine that, – that year they had with Melo, Chandler, Prigioni, that was Kidd. A, that was 2015, right? Yeah, 2015. No, I think it was 2012. Like it was, was long it? enough ago where it was post – 2015 feels way too recent. It was like, 2012. KP was – Porzingis wasn't in the picture. Was it the 2014 Knicks, the ones that made the playoffs? I think it was before 2014. I'm going to look it up. Knicks playoffs. Podcasting at its best. I think uh, it was 2012, 2013. Or 2011, 2012. That's weird. When you, um, when you type in Knicks playoffs, it says uh, cannot be found. Uh, it says, yeah, 2013 was the last time they made the playoffs. Yeah. So, so 2013, there's a real chance. Yeah. That, that's prime Lundquist. It's the year before the Rangers make the Stanley Cup Finals. I think um, 2027, I I think it would be foolish to say this decade for the Knicks. I think that's your next real shot. I think the real answer is like the 2050s, 2060s. (laughs) I don't know. They they either have to finally get lucky in one of these. This is – People love this year's draft class in the NBA. Do they? Because I I disagree entirely. Oh, enough people enough people like the Ball brother. Lamella. I see enough people talking into the Ball brother. Is it because his last name is Ball? Because I don't get it. I don't know. I personally, this draft class to me feels reminiscent of the Victor Oladipo draft class. Agree. Where if you have a top five pick, you're going to be happy to get an NBA regular, but you're not even expecting an All Star. Right, and Oladipo became an exception. Everyone else, not so much. He also was a late bloomer that took, what, two different franchises for him to yep. blossom into something. The The Victor Oladipo that is was playing pre-injury was not the Victor Oladipo people thought they were getting when they drafted him. No. I just remember – I remember him going second overall because people were like, he's definitely going to be an NBA regular. I don't think he'll be a star, yeah. but he'll have an he NBA He went second career. because he's going to actually play in the NBA. Yeah, that draft class was horrendous. It was. Was that the Michael Bennett draft class? Anthony Bennett? Yes. Who's Michael? Michael Bennett's the NFL player. Yes, he's a tight end, I believe. Um, and played for the Patriots at one point. Oh no, he's a defensive back. Yes, I think he's a. I think he's like a defense, like a not a nose tackle, a but like an edge rusher. Hmm. <laughs> good, good anyway, podcasting. The, the Bennett that was drafted by the Cavaliers, Anthony. Yeah, uh, a problem. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know how did he go first I, overall. I oh my god. Uh, the Cavaliers weren't smart back in the day. They drafted Kyrie. Nice job there. Um, 
had to be dumb not to draft Kyrie. Yeah, he's one of those players that was just like way too good. All right, uh, we want to get to our friend Jeff. Is he coming on, or we want to keep going here? Uh, I mean, all I have to do is email him the link. Oh, okay. All right, well, let's uh, get to some ads, and then uh, go to our friend Jeff. Transition. And now it's time to talk about Hawthorne. Yes, Hawthorne. What is Hawthorne, you ask? Good question, my lads. Are you still wearing the blue polo from your high school girlfriend? Walking into Sephora to get cologne and being overwhelmed by all the scents and smells and choices? Are you wearing your Old Spice and girls think you smell like their dads, even though Old Spice is it's okay? You know, and what what is a dad? I don't know. Uh, Hawthorne.co.co is a really great place where you can go and get customized smelling soaps, lotions, hand lotions, shampoos, etc. They do the work for you. Yeah, I mean if you uh, you could get you could do that you take the custom it's so easy. You take the quiz. It's two minute quiz. You Hawthorne tells you two colognes that are the best for you, one for work and one for play. That's right, one for play. And it's totally risk free and free shipping and free returns. You go to hawthorne.co that's right, Hawthorne.co. That's Hawthorne with an E. .co, not .com. Hawthorne.co. And use my promo code BSB to get 10% off your first purchase. That's Hawthorne.co. And use my promo code BSB. 10% off your first purchase. Hawthorne.co. And again, it's this wonderful experience of smelling good, feeling great, and looking your best. Hawthorne.co. And Return of the King. The King is here. Can you feel it? It's back. The excitement and the anticipation has been growing for weeks, and the time is almost here. That's right. That's right. Baseball's coming back next week. The teams will be taking the field in less than 10 days. There are no, there's no better place to get the action than, that's right, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To put you in the center of the action, DraftKings Sportsbook is celebrating the new season with special promotion before the season starts. Place a bet with at least $25 on it, and who will be crowned the champion? And they will give you $25 free bet to, to use on opening day. We are all excited for baseball. Don't forget that there is European soccer happening, like Greg and Jeff talk about later in this show, happening all week long in a huge golf tournament that is sure to be thrilling. DraftKings Sportsbook is a U.S. base, making it safe, secure, and reliable. Plus, it's easy to deposit and withdraw your funds wherever you want. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code QUICK when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a signing bonus of up to $1,000. That's code QUICK to get your signing bonus up to $1,000 only on DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 year older to apply or play rather New Jersey only. Bonus compromise at first deposit bonus and a first bet match each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler. Let's get to our friend Jeff and Lindy Ruff. Hey, we're back with our guest from the day. Last week, we did an emergency podcast on Lindy Ruff leaving the Rangers, where I have to be honest, we mostly mocked him, and maybe um, maybe too far, you know? Maybe too far. And to here to talk uh, about if we mocked him maybe too far is our dear friend and, and frequent recurring guest, Jeff Walitsky. Jeffy, uh, how are you doing today, and what was your sort of initial reaction to your favorite team, as you've talked about many times on this podcast, uh, signing the uh, uh, assistant coach of the New York Rangers? Uh, I'm first of all to answer your many questions. I'm glad to be here. Uh, happy that you now have like players on the ice, and you decided to have me on to make fun of Lindy Ruff some more. So that's pretty good. Yeah, to be um, fair, Jeff, you didn't hear us at the beginning. I wasn't very kind to the fact that players were on the ice to begin with. So this yeah, actually we, might be the, the better part of the podcast. We we got to start somewhere. I saw that uh, I think Westbrook and Harden both tested positive. So you know, oh, good Harden things happening all around. I didn't see Harden. Yeah, I didn't see Harden yet either. That was pretty recently. Mm, good. Maybe I'm wrong. Good, 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 good. Yeah, no, we have uh, our, um, our podcast has been a little sad. 
if I'm going to be honest. But we're trying to, I'm trying to brighten the mood, and Greg is very good at uh, not letting that. <laughs> but also keeping it real, and he's right, to be honest. But yes, Lindy Ruff is what I want you to speak on. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've i made my peace with it, I think, at this point. There was a little bit of, uh, you know, cycling through all the different levels of, uh, of grief there for a little bit. But it, it went by pretty quickly. I, I kind of came to the realization, you know, like, the, the job's probably not super appealing to coach of, like, Gallant's or Lavalette's, like, uh, you know, desires. And that, you know, we couldn't work out something with Lavalette and Gallant, I guess, wants other and better things. Um, so Ruff is kind of who we got. And I don't, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. It's definitely better than Azradine. And I don't think, you know, I would have been really more upset if he stayed on board rather than going with a better hire. Um, so, you know, I am i don't even know when they're going to step on the ice again, so I can't even, like, worry about it too much. But, um, you know, it's, it's not the worst thing in the world. He's been a very successful coach for a very long time. I think I saw... Recently, he's like six all-time in wins. So, you know, I think an argument can be made that, you know, the Devils might have the better coach overall than the Rangers do right now, even though the Rangers whoa, whoa, are Jeff. a slightly better team. But, like, <laughs> you know, you guys had him next in line. If, if Quinn was out the door, he was definitely going to be the next guy up. So, I mean, they're, they're on the same level-ish. And, you know, I, I, I just hope we beat you guys every single game. I don't care if we win anything else. I, did, I feel like I've just been punched. I really do. <laughs> I feel like you came on this podcast and spit on me. Because... I had to come in hot. You know, I knew a lot of stuff was going to be coming back my way. So I have I, to I say, the hot. tone of your voice, like, disarmed me. I was like, Jeff's going <laughs> to say we're right. And it was a bad signing. And, and it was a terrible idea for the devil to do that. And you just came in and were like, you have an equal level coach. And I'm offended. I really am. I'm sitting here like, wow, Jeff just slapped me in the face. This is unbelievable. I invite him into my house to admit. To how, how many career wins does David Quinn have? Oh, okay. All right. As, as an NHL coach. Like, oh, okay. I mean, it's just like, you know, you don't stick around that long and be that successful for no reason. Like there's something there. I really truly, truly believe that, you know, Lindy Ruff, the head coach is not the same thing that you're getting with Lindy Ruff as the assistant coach. I think, you know, when, when you're in charge, you know, things are different. You have different responsibilities. I clearly know that defense is not his strong suit, and it, it never was really with his previous teams elsewhere. I mean, look at the Stars. They were a very offensive, heavy team, and they were very successful with that. But, you know, shame on the Rangers for thinking that he could help on the defense in any way, I guess, and, you know, slandering his name a bit, I guess. Um, but, you know, there, like I said, there's worse ways to go. If we really break it down, like you said, oh, it's, oh, it's a bad signing. Who else were the Devils going to get to be their head coach? Like, can we go through the list? I, I, I named well, a few out, of them before. Out, after, after the three you've – or the four you've mentioned, if you include Nazardine, I'm guessing. Yeah. Because – Like, the, what else are they supposed to do? I, right. Fan, so if, like, how can I if, be too upset with this? Yeah, if, if you're a Devils fan, I guess the thing you're, you're telling yourself is, all right, they obviously wanted Gallant, but clearly Gallant didn't want them, which is fine. They obviously wanted LaViolette, and from all the reports, it sounds like LaViolette wanted more money than the Devils were willing Correct. to pay him, so it's fine there, too. Uh, Mike Babcock, I'm assuming he has no interest in coaching because of how I much money no he's making right now. Coaching us. Yeah, but I'm, like, I'm trying to think of the other coaches that have been fired this year because, first of all, we, we know in the NHL, in order for you to get a job, you had to have been fired recently. So it's – I mean, I – I just, it's not, 
it's not like Jim Montgomery is going to come back into coaching. I know he's working on personal issues right now. God bless him for that. Not here to make any jokes whatsoever in that regards. Uh, I guess that's, that's part of the problem with the NHL, right? It's the fact that when you ask me a question like, well, if not Lindy Ruff, then who? I think part of the problem is I don't know. Whereas in other sports, we know that there's a long list of candidates, some of which are more intriguing than others. Like when the Mets fired Mickey Calloway, I could have rattled off 10 names, none of which would have had previous coaching, head coaching experience. That would have been intriguing options. But isn't that the problem with the NHL where I don't have an answer for you when you ask me something like, if not Lindy Ruff, then who? We well, should change I mean, that. As, as you, and also, as you're saying that, I think that in general, in like media, Twitter, you know, hockey fandom, whatever, the the role of the coach is, I think, like way, way overvalued compared to the role of the players. Like, I think that we talk about this role, like, you know, that is so important that you have like the right person in this position. When truly, like, I think most of us really realize that at the end of the day, it's like, you don't have the roster. You're not, you're not going to go anywhere. Like the coaching could make some difference, you know, in, in sort of like a rah, rah rally, the troops type of thing. But you know, what, what are these guys really changing that, you know, is not, is more effective than getting, you know, like a uh, all-star top line player on your roster to change things. So then why do we like require them to, to be like, you know, these massive headpieces when like, really we should be giving chances to like other lower level people. But then I don't know, is it really working out with Sheldon Keefe and Toronto too? Well, who knows? So often guys that were like next on the list, maybe not have worked out recently. And, you know, they're sticking, I think for the devils, at least, you know, having tried things out with Heinz and like kind of letting that sit as long as it did. I think it's, it's really good that they go with more of a, you know, well known and respected name in the, the coaching circles. Do, do you think like that makes sense? Because I mean, you sort of are a young team, right? You're sort of this up and coming team that's similar to the Rangers. And like, did, did you want like a fresh voice or someone who's just done it all before? Like who could talk to rookies and et cetera. Or were you looking for something like, like what was your expectations going into this? Like before Lindy Ruff? Just the coaching search in general? Yeah, like, what were you, like, if you could, like, create somebody I, in a lab, like, what would they be like for your squad? I mean, I I want I wanted Gallant from the second that, that he was fired and I let go by by Vegas. And then I think I probably even mentioned to Greg at some point, I would have been willing to hire DeBoer back in a heartbeat um, with a better roster because I think he's, he's just a good coach and it just kind of outlasted his moment here in Jersey previously. Um, but... I think, like I just said, I think after trying out the fresh face, you know, AHL guy in Hines and going for the guy, be like, oh, we have a lot of young players, so we need a young and uh, AHL known coach that like is good at development to you know like make sure that these picks turn out. When I really think at the end of the day, if the player's good, the player's good. Like a coach is not going to develop an entire roster of rookies like while he's trying to have other responsibilities while trying to win hockey games. Um, I think that the Rangers and the Devils kind of made similar choices with Quinn and Hines in that respect, where it's like, okay, you know, we're going to be young. We want to have guys that can develop. And I think that it has worked decently for the Rangers. It worked very badly for um, the Devils, even though he got us to the playoffs two years ago. 
but I think after having tried it out with Heinz, I think they just got to go um, with a little bit more of a, you know, well-known and uh, established quantity and, and, and rough here. Hmm. I mean, I guess, I, listen, I just, I thought you'd be more upset and I'm upset that you're not more upset. That you've just come to terms so quickly with it. I guess because I, I think that a lot of shit has been talked about how bad the Rangers defensive has been when I think that people are overlooking who's actually on that roster and why Lindy Ruff is your defensive assistant coach in the first place. Like I said, I, I feel like it was kind of a safety net for Quinn. If things didn't go well early on, you can always fall back on Ruff. He's right there. You don't have to do a coaching search. He's, you know, a guy who knows the players. The players know him. And he could slide into that head coach role really easily. And I, I think it was kind of a misplacement. And like I said, I think you're going to get a different animal with him back in the head coaching system when, you know, his teams in Buffalo and, and Dallas were really successful. And these are, you know, 100, 110-point teams that he had out there. And I don't see why he wouldn't be able to re- replicate that or just have – success like the bar is so low in here in new jersey all he has to do is make the playoffs and he'll be looked at as the best coach that we've had in the last like 20 years um you know win a round or two and and then you're a god like it's it's gonna be the the expectations are pretty low and i think that somebody of you know his resume will be able to i think they can be successful um if not if no other reason then i believe in the roster and i believe in the players and i think they just need um you know more time to get things going well, I think you're right when it comes down to what the Rangers have put on the ice. I do think Lindy Ruff got a little bit too much blame. Uh, I do blame Elaine Vigneault for making him assistant defensive coach in that case. Um, but I, 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 I wish they would have done something to change the system. And we'll find out if it was Lindy Ruff or if it was David Quinn. I mean, pretty soon. Maybe we can't judge these playoffs because who knows what shape anyone's going to be in, etc. But next season, we'll, we'll find out. Um, I'm happy for you that you've even, come into. Even next season will be rocky too. Like I don't, I don't even know when we're gonna see like full speed hockey again. I don't, who knows what we're gonna be seeing coming out of these uh, um, this quarantine, dude? We don't uh, like we don't know what we're gonna be seeing. Period for anything. Uh, you, you could have told me that there was gonna be no sports for over a year and a half in March, and I would have been like, yeah, you're right. I think we came on this podcast and we're like, yeah, there's definitely no sports coming. Um, and yet here we here we are, uh, a couple weeks away, ten days away from baseball, like eighteen away from hockey. So uh, we'll see how this all plays out. And I, I miss just talking about sports and not serious shit all the time. That's for sure. And that's why today was a little refreshing for me. But it's definitely a shit situation, my friend. Definitely. I said, yeah, my, my... yeah hope, hoping for the best. I, I, I've been watching the Premier League a little bit. Obviously, me and Greg are both Southampton fans. And just the sense of normalcy that you get just like watching it, even though knowing there's no fans in the stands, like, I think we're all going a little bit crazy with all the bubble stuff and, you know, what cities are going to be picked and like wringing our hands about like, you know, who's making these decisions and all that. And hopefully they'll get the job done right. But I think once we see them back out on the ice, it's going to be like an incredible feeling just as a fan. I'm, I'm here to agree with you. Um, I think that's all I have for rough. Greg, you have anything else for Jeff? Uh, Like Lindy rough specific, anything really. Where? I don't know. Oh, did I talk uh, about? Uh, did you mention my conspiracy theory? That... No, I I personally didn't, Jeff. But this now's the time if you want to so, see if Ryan reacts the same so way. So Ryan, I do. here's the thing. Okay, I'm buckling up. How, Hold on. how bad the Rangers' defense was under Ruff. 
This has all been a ploy by him to get in the devil's good graces for them to offer him the head coaching position by tanking the Rangers defensively. But that doesn't, the reason, I mean, and I'm a conspiracy guy, you know that. <laughs> I love, I love a good conspiracy theory. Um, even though most of them are bullshit, but I do love to delve in and just dissect them. If that would make sense if oh, it's like five other good coaches weren't on the market this year. Like, if you saw, like, oh, there's no one out there and all only only NHL coaches who have been NHL coaches get but rehired. he needed to separate himself from the competition. What have those guys done for you, done for you lately? Uh, I've been tanking the Rangers defensively for three years. <laughs> we've, we've stopped your rival from being good, period. Uh, exactly. Yeah, no, I, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that one I can't. I you can't don't? Oh, tell. come on. This is totally plausible. Uh, I don't think so. All right, Jeff. <laughs> I think that's it for today on me on, on rough Gregory. You're good with Jeffy. Yeah. I mean, I'd ask you other devil specific questions, but since we don't even know when they're going to get back out on the ice, I don't know what devil specific question I could possibly ask. I, I, there's no news either. I, I mean, I, well, I think, I feel like I should touch on Fitzgerald. I think that that's a really good move keeping him on board. I think he was a legit candidate for other teams in their GM searches recently. And I think most notably the Minnesota job, um he's a legit guy i was happy with the moves that he made at the deadline last year with hall and coleman and botman and the like um even getting something for simmons so uh you know just i think that's a good move and i'm happy that he's a gm well, we, we should we should also because we, we didn't mention this on our rough podcast but we should mention two things one that uh lindy ruff coached tom fitzgerald when they were both in florida so these guys have had a long history with each other, and I'm sure that played a role in whatever decision was being made. And the guy replacing Lindy Ruff, Gord Murphy, up from Hartford, also played for Ruff in Florida. So a Ruff coach defenseman is now taking charge of Ruff's old defense. Makes you think, doesn't it? Now that's a conspiracy. I can get behind <laughs> Lindy, Yeah, Lindy, Lindy Ruff is just coaching, in, for some reason, specifically Florida where it, he was just making sure that no matter what happened, he always had a job as soon as that was over. Unbelievable. This, I mean, this is not surprising. I, I think when Shiro was here, if I had a nickel for every time he picked up one of the old Penguin players that he drafted or traded for at some point, I would be a rich man. Well, you wouldn't be anymore because I wasted all your money in uh, Belmont. <laughs> sure did. Hey, if it makes Tell you feel any better, that. you still won more money than I did on Saturday, and I was making the same bets for you. I gave it back to you the next day, though, so it's all it's all. No, good. You, you still profited 16 bucks on the weekend. Okay. Congratulations. We made it through a whole podcast without talking horse racing to the end. I think that <laughs> deserved some applause. Uh, Jeff, why don't you plug uh, – are you still on the Twitters? I don't even know. I am, but I, I don't tweet. Okay. Um, Sounds good. Just, I, I think if people are stupid enough to, live to your, listen to your podcast, they're probably stupid enough to not wear a mask. So I'll tell, you, tell all those people put on a fucking mask. I, uh, yep. Uh, thanks to all our Patreon supporters. And <laughs> 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 and people will support us you can follow me at orion media you can follow greg at blue shirts break uh and that's the show for the week we'll see you guys uh, uh during eastern conference finals games one and two of vancouver later this week bye everyone love you this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the hvac is humming and his facility shines with Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, 
for the ones who get it done.